0: Extraordinary stories from across Scottish football communities This
1: is the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast Hello and welcome to the second episode of the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast I'm your host Jake Gray And I'm Callum Widger Now, just to remind you of the format a little bit, each round of the competition we're going to bring you some of the
2: best stories from across Scottish football communities. We'll chat about the game and bring you powerful stories, including how taking part in walking football at Stennis Muir helped Nora to feel at home in her community. And we're also joined by Craig Reynolds to find out how Kelty Hearts engage young people. On the pitch, we'll also hear from Kelty Hearts' Doogie Hill and Stranraar assistant boss Daryl Duffy. Let's start by hearing a little bit of Nora's story.
3: I was looking for things to do in the community because uh I'm at a bit early send because I'm medically retired because I, I, I've suffered from a brain injury so actual social interaction is the best kind of medicine for me and I saw a Facebook advert and it was Warriors in the community and they were advertising a women's walking football session so I thought what, what harm can it do I'll just go and see what it's like. So our
0: walking football groups at the club we have a, both a men's and a women's team they run participation football get them back involved in the game that they love.
4: The most beneficial Thing that we've seen from us is that this group has really come together and decided to form real social connections so they're they're going out for dinner together they're going to play golf together and things so we really just want to offer in anyone regardless of their background regardless of their circumstances the opportunity to come here to be made to feel welcome and to have something for them to engage with outside the home just to hopefully to improve whether it's their physical health their mental health or their social connection and I think for for our point of view that's what Stanish Muir Football Club's all about. So Nora came along to our group. What we've seen over the last couple of weeks is her really coming out of her shell and really showing um, showing us here at the club and the other people you know, what she's all about. She's just such an infectious personality. You, you smile when you speak to her and she brings that out in everybody else. She lifts every of these spirits.
3: It's helped me build my confidence. I know obviously. It's like my social connection because all the the ladies in the football club, I'm all really friendly with now, and uh, and from them I know I know people at the club as well. So yeah, so it's really helped me feel at home in the community. It's been a blessing.
1: And that's Nora's story there for you, which is really a fantastic example of football powered in action. We're joined by Nora now. Nora, how how do you think that that sounded there?
3: This thing is fine. Uh, <laughs> fine. <pretty accurate>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Nora, we've got to ask: Why did you get involved with the walking football? And kind of, what was the reason for for getting involved in it?
3: Well, as I said in the interview that you just played, it was because I was looking for some. I was, I was saying basically because I have been medically retired now. Put, retired now through a brain injury for a few years. So. Mm. Um, I actually saw that as a wee chance to sort of meet people in my community and get involved in then who's sphere as well. I've been walking past it a few times and going, I'm dying to go in there, and need to go to a match or something, do something in it. So it's a big thing in our community, sending a football club.
2: I was speaking to Blair earlier um, and he was saying that he's uh, turned into a bit of a gang and I was a bit concerned to be honest at first, but he said it's it's a friendly gang and I suppose that sort of um, camaraderie and community aspect of a football club is something a lot of people maybe don't expect, but when you get involved in it and you meet a lot of like-minded people, it can make you feel at home, can't it, when you go into an environment like that?
3: I definitely. I uh, would feel at home when I go into the club now, actually, because I've started, as I, say, as I was saying, I know more people around about it, so they start to know me as well, because I'm not exactly quiet, so <laughs> <laughs> they get to know me as well, they hear my voice coming.
2: <laughs> we don't want quiet people on a podcast, we want loud people, so we're glad you're here, Nora, to talk about your story. Um, I just wanted to get a wee idea about, you know, the actual... Walking football itself, you know, here in that video, you say that from your your brain injury and, and the impact it's had on you, getting that little bit of exercise, that kind of not, you know, it's not hard exercise. It's just about walking football. It's it's good for you mentally and and physically.
3: Yeah, well, it helps you. So, uh, so through my brain injury, I've got a kind of balance issue as well, and um, and even like my sense of direction, everything. So, it's kind of good because it helps you that, but people don't take it too, too seriously. So everybody, we, though we're quite competitive when it comes to to the crunch, on the whole, we're not taking it so seriously. We, we do follow the rules of walking football I mean, when we're playing an official game. But, um, yeah, so it helps me that, um, my, my balance and my whole coordination thing as well. So that's why, that's what I found beneficial. Um, and I was pretty surprised it was
1: actually helpful with that That's absolutely fantastic to hear Nora um, Just wondering on the actual walking football itself is do you play against other league teams is it against each other and how, how does it work and uh, what makes it so competitive as you said
3: Well we, we just play against we, we usually split any two teams ourselves and just play against each other So, but we have actually competed in the Scottish I think it was a, I can not wrote what trophy it was there was one we went to Glasgow and we competed and it was—I think the men's and the Muir men's team won it. The won the, the over seventies won it, walking football trophy. So I think it was the Scottish walking football championship or something like that. So we went to that, but um, because we'd only been together for a few weeks, we could see how how professional and inverted Commons the other teams looked yeah. as opposed to us. So we're kind of we're kind of put, put gave us a wee um, few things to think about. Like we had to get the right together.
2: What really amazed me, you, you said, and I'm going to bring you in here, Blair, right? But what what Blair told me earlier was that you'd only been with the club doing this for for three months. He said you had to get your act together because you've only been playing for for three weeks. But Blair, I find it amazing that someone can come into a football club at that stage in that situation. You were telling me as well that some of the of the people that were coming to these sessions couldn't even get out their cars in the first session, and now you see this kind of turnaround. And I suppose Nora's is a really good example of that. What what kind of change have you seen in her since joining Stennis muir and the walking football group?
4: Well, I didn't know Nora personally before she came along to walking football. Um, but what I have, uh, what I judge Nora on or, or how I've got to know Nora um, is as a, a person that has an infectious personality and that um, is, uh, she's not quiet. Um, she She's very extroverted she uh she's positive she makes everyone around her smile so when i hear her story uh, and she tells us about you know her our, our, our brain injury and and sort of her her emotional state a- around it, it it seems like two completely different people yeah. um so i um, i think that you know i don't think we can take all the credit for that this is the work that the nora that nora has done but for, for us to see the, the person that, that Nora is and to um, have her as a character around the club, and she's right, you know, it's not just the women in the walking football that now know who, who Nora is, it's sort of the wider staff team as well, and that's just because of her personality around the place. So, um, yeah, a, a amazing story, and, you know, if that's, uh, if that's what the power of football or the power of sports, uh, can do to help people then we all need to be doing it a little bit more
2: Well said I think you've listened to this podcast before you're a good man <laughs> for saying that Blair um, I just wanted to get a wee idea as well I mean we've we've heard Nora's story we're talking about the walking football here but Stenhouse Moon is a club that's you know really heavily embedded in, in their community around that sort of area the kind of locals and um, yep. you know it's it's got a really good reputation it's even on the badge you know that the kind of community aspect of the club H- how important is it to you as the, the CEO of the club to to try and you know improve these these offerings and also kind of shout about them a bit as well.
4: It, it's what we're all about. It's the lifeblood of the club. Uh, I guess the the way that I, the way that I look at it is you know as a football club on a on the pitch for our men's team on a Saturday, um, for the le- the size of club that we are, for the level of investment that we have, for the size of stadium, the size of fan base. You know, we we could be a League One club, we could maybe be a championship club, and if we were really, really, really punching above your weight, you could maybe be an Arbor Oath, for example. Yeah. Um, but for me, the potential for growth at a, a club of our kind of size is the community, and the sustainability in your future actually depends upon how well you engage with your community, simply because... Um, you know we are we're a, we're an anchor organisation. You know we are we've got a, a massive footprint in our in our community, and if we want to um, encourage um, and affect different agendas like the health agenda, the environment agenda, then football clubs like ourselves need to be offering to to, to everyone to every demographic within their community. So for us that's what that's what we're all about our we we want to compete on the pitch and we want to do as well as we possibly can but our purpose i believe is on um being a being a destination for people within our local community and and out with to come and have a positive experience of sport and or physical activity and um, that can help improve their mental health their physical health their, their yeah. social connections for me That's what football clubs and sports clubs in general should be about, about positively impacting their community, about positively affecting social change. And that is what Stenis Football Club is all about.
1: Absolutely fantastic. And it's clear to see that there's so much hard work that goes on um, behind the scenes. How, Blair, how does it make you feel when you have people like Nora coming in and you see the journey that she's been on? And um, I'm sure there's many other people within uh, the Stenhouse Beer community that have been on a similar journey. How does that make you feel?
4: Well, it, it validates what you're doing because you know we've we've got a massive program. Um, we, we've got the best part of sort of 400 participants from the age of two up till you know somebody in their 70s. And um, and when you do this kind of work, there's a degree of altruism involved in that. You you do the work. You put in. You 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 develop the programs for the greater good. Um, and you, you're not doing it for the pat on the back or for anything else. You're, you're doing it, and if you have the right people, doing the right work, and speaking the right messages, then it will be, be successful. That's why you do it. But then every so often, you hear these stories about people within your program. They, they, it just it, it it falls into your lap, or you hear a whisper, or, or somebody you know says it to you directly, um, and. Uh, stories like that um, really validate the work that you're doing um, and they, uh, you know, resonate with your purpose and they make you sort of get out of your bed in the morning and want to go and, you know, think, you know, if that's, what, if that's the effect that what we are doing, um, that positive impact on one person, then if we could expand that, if we could do that for 500 people or 1,000 people or 2,000 people, then that's what we are. Then that's what we're here to do. So it's great to hear. Um, it's great to hear Nora's story. We we really appreciate it. We we are grateful to have played a part in her journey. Um, but We know that there will be others that we are doing that for as well. And ultimately, we also know that there'll be people within our community that, um, that we are not doing that for yet. And our job as a football club is actually to find the next Nora. Uh, the person that's not currently engaged in our football club and trying to positively impact their life in the way, the small way that we have done with Nora's.
2: I suppose, and you mentioned that you're not doing this for like gain of the club in a financial way or to, to try and you know, mm-hmm. score points. It's, it's you know, almost like a two-way street where people get engaged with the club. And I don't know, Nora, if I can, if I can ask you, but have, have you been to many... Stettenhouse-Muir games um, since can I get involved in the club? Have you became a fan? Are you always a fan? I don't I don't know what's your what's your background in that in terms of your I've football only, life.
3: I've only actually been to one match, but I tend to go to more more games um, because I'm a football fan. Thursday yeah. anyway, but can I just mention one thing that my partner here just reminded me of? That sure. When when during uh, when the first when COVID first happened and we were all in lockdown, my partner was in children group. And we, I think we got a phone call We got a phone call From somebody At Stenhouse House Football Club mm-hmm. And they offered To do They got somebody To do our shopping for us So that's another thing That aspect of being involved In the community Yeah they, they, The Stenhouse New football, football Club That did that There was a wee guy That came and got our shopping for us And all that with me But when it We're in lockdown
2: That's so, the thing It's um, You know Sometimes you go looking for help But sometimes the football club Can Can kind of find you as well And it's it's testament to guys like Blair and the people involved in and in the warriors that they they go and they go and do these things. I suppose.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought I'd I
1: mean, mention that because I'd completely forgotten about that, and I thought that was really
5: good. Yeah, absolutely great. brilliant, brilliant,
4: great to hear. Thank you, Blair. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not going to take the credit for this uh, simply because I wasn't in post at that time. Uh, previous chief exec was Jamie Swinney, who's now the chief exec of Falkirk who along with the board um, I think as soon as locked as soon as the first lockdown hit um, you know reacted so so quickly to start engaging with the local community and finding those people that, that needed that additional help. We created a community help initiative um, that over the piece ended up delivering you know thousands of hot meals into the local community, uh, you know, th- thousands of hours of... of volu- we had, at one point, we had the best part of 150 volunteers that were either doing shopping for people that were shielding, they were cooking meals, delivering meals, walking dogs, befriending. Um, so, you know, all credit to, to Jamie uh, and to the board um, and to, um, you know, and to the volunteers that did that. Now, the, the pandemic stops... Uh, but you know and and life for most of us goes back to normal but yeah. there's still a need there so so to this day um you know we are, although it, it sounds like small numbers comparatively you know we still have volunteers that walk sort of six or seven dogs in our local community we're still doing the we're still walking uh, we're still doing shopping for um i think 15 or 16 um, clients, so that's still that's still going on. Yeah. Where yeah. volunteers are, are going out and doing shopping for people, um, uh, organised by ourselves, and we've still got a befriending service for mm-hmm. for almost twenty sort of older or, or vulnerable people. So that's still going on to this day because, like I said, the, the pandemic stops, but the need for everybody doesn't. So we felt um, obliged. We felt we had a moral responsibility to to carry that on as as best way as best we could, and. Um, that's where we're at.
2: Yeah, brilliant. I mean, stenhouse a, 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 you know, a very well-established community club. They've been in the SPFL for a long time. But I just wanted to bring in Craig here, who's the the, the chairman of Keltie Hearts Community Club, um, just to you know, obviously the club's been about for a while as, as a junior club, and and you've had the community aspect to you for your whole existence. But it's only the last few years that you've a couple of years really, even that you've you've came into the the SPFL and you're you're trying to grow and trying to expand. I mean what is it that Kelly Harts are trying to do to to improve their community offering and we have a lot of kids stuff but um, where are you now and, and what are your ambitions for, for the future Craig?
0: First and foremost I think Nora's story is absolutely superb uh, and congratulations to Stems Muir um, I mean for Keltie we have to look at that kind of pathway that they're doing now and learn from that um, our story has just touched a few touched on early. I mean we need to learn as I say and, and copy things that they've done because they're obviously a very very successful community club in the, in the central belt. And, um, no, congratulations to them. Kelly, as a whole, um, obviously, you've you touched on that. We are a relatively of new team into the SPFL. And last season was very successful. Uh, obviously, are now in the first division. So, um, it, it's as great as a club to be involved. With. I mean, I was involved when they were a junior team. So, I've seen the, yeah. uh, I wouldn't say lows, but I've seen when we've been just a, I know you know an average team, but to see them now and the change in that short period of time's, I'm
1: not' shot, sure amazing. If you ask me, Craig, I know um, it's important for for Kelly to reach out and, and uh, reach kids in schools. How how is it that that you find you go about reaching people in schools and kind of getting them socialising with people their age uh, before they go up to high school and things like that to meet people and just you know make sure that they've got friends in, in the local community and they're socialising. with
0: yeah. Well? yeah, that's that's a massive thing. I mean, kids. We've got, obviously, as I said, I've got the numbers. here. with 273 kids now with 17 teams, um, 60, 60 volunteer coaches, here, uh, ranging from the 2018s. That's your youngest team, as I say, right up to the 20s. But, as I said, I was in, I'm involved with the 2010s as well, which is my youngest son's level, and that's the that's age where, where they're, they're now heading to high school in a couple of weeks, and that's a massive step for them um, at that age.
1: Yeah.
0: So for them to, to, to mix with, with players, <clears throat> at, at, at Kelway from different primary schools. For me, I think that's so important because i have now got friends from different schools. So when they do go up to high school, as I say, in a couple of weeks, they start to know people, they'll get they to know their friends, so they'll get to bond quicker. And you know what kids are like at this level. It's very important that they're looked after and, 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 and the, no one's left out as such. And, we you know, it's a big thing at Kelly. It's, it's, it's all about the community uh, and that, that's the part we're trying to look at.
2: You mentioned the kind of, you know, taking a bit of inspiration and being, you know really, uh, you know impressed and um, about Nora's story uh, uh, would, would walking football be something that you know Kelly Hearts would maybe consider offering in, in the future?
0: Certainly would be um, I'm 44 now so maybe pull the boots back on No, as I said we tried it um, earlier on in the year and I, I think the time in the slot that we had on the pitch uh, wasn't great I'm sure it was 10 o'clock in the morning um, on a, a, a Wednesday, weekday and the, the timing was great. The advertisement was great, and it was just a sort of we just touched touched the water a wee bit wet. But no, listen to Nora's story and listen to the guys here. Um, that I know that we'll definitely one hundred percent push that. Um, we've got to come. I've got a meeting on Sunday, and that's one of the main points I was bringing up. We need to because the be guys, we, ladies and gentlemen, sitting in our house tonight, when maybe the same scenario as Nora or other circumstances where
4: mm-hmm.
0: you can offer them a, a, a branch to come out and get the house and participating in football at any level because it's a fantastic game that brings people together, then we need to be to do more
2: at that. How much of a challenge is it for you in, in the kind of Fife area, Craig, to to reach your catchment area? We've got, you know, lots of clubs uh, around the area, Dunfermline, East Fife, um, Wraith Rovers, in and, and that kind of area, Cowdenbeath, how difficult is it for you to go out and make sure you're getting the right people in and getting them to your club because, you know, you want to try and make a difference. I know it's not really competition, but you want to try and make sure no one's really left behind.
0: That's actually a great, great comment there. Um, on that, Celtic were obviously a club joining the party late, so to speak. So, every other club, you reach 5, the teams you mentioned there, your Dunferlands, their fan base was formed. You know, they had mm-hmm. their fans. So, for Celtic to now go into the first division and, and try and boost their crowd from maybe, say, 100 to 800 or 1,000, whatever they get, depending on who they're playing. Has been difficult for them because the they, people who have, as I say, Dunfermline fans. So yeah, yeah. But what I have noticed um out at home games, especially, our community club, is the nuclear this the fans, and they've actually started the wee Celtic ultras. They that yeah. a wee bit. They're only like ten and eleven, so the word ultras a wee bit, a bit rough for <laughs> them. But I mean, they've got the drums and they've got songs and they've got flags and yeah. they, they make a, a, a bigger noise. And I think actually since we had their ultras up. Uh, Mm It was quite good, they were singing back Mm and forward. I'll not repeat Mm some of the songs, but our our community club, as I say, every home game, they get their free um, season ticket into the game so they they can attend that. And as I say, they're they're boosting the crowd maybe uh, 100 sometimes, so that's great to see the the, our community club playing beside the first team during the week and then they get to obviously go and support them on a Saturday.
1: And it's good to know that maybe the the young uh, people that come to the community club you know their families might start coming to county games, and they might, you know, in the future benefit from a program that county might start.
0: One hundred percent, yeah. That I mean, that's the thing. Kids come, the kids come with the parents um, to the games, and obviously that that's the, That's the area you know, we have to look at. Uh, some of the mums and dads who, as I said earlier, wasn't haven't involved in football, but would like the chance. Then the over the uh, fifties as well. Uh, that's a bracket we'll look at. But then the walking football would, would suit the kind of people as well.
2: No, Brian. Just want to say uh, thanks for coming on, Craig, and, and sharing that with us. Um and, and and thanks to to yourself as well, Blair and, and Nora as well. Dialer in from I believe you're on you're on holiday somewhere right now in a caravan park, I believe. Yes, I'm in
3: Pool U, if you know where
2: that is. Absolutely no idea, but you're sounding you're sounding lovely. <laughs> near
3: Liverpool.
2: near Liverpool, well well you're you're really far up north then, but sounds like a <laughs> Sounds like a well-earned rest. And um, yeah, like I say, thanks, thanks for sharing your stories with us today.
1: Yeah, it was great to hear from everyone. Thank you. Oh,
4: thank you. Oh, thank you very much.
2: Coming up next, we have some football chat with Kelty Heart's assistant manager, Doogie Hill, and Strunar number two, Daryl Duffy. But
1: first, it's time for the halftime highlights, a run-through of some football-powered stories from across the country. A refugee who was forced to flee Afghanistan has settled into life in Inverclyde. Syed Kazim Sadat has been helped by Morton Community to improve his English and find work. He has also recently completed a course run by the team at Kapilow which is aimed at developing digital skills. Big Hearts are also playing a part in helping refugees feel at home. Their Welcome Through Football program recently helped a Syrian refugee build connections with other refugees living in Edinburgh. The 25-year-old now helps refugees settle into life in Scotland. Europe's leading healthy lifestyle program, Football Fans in Training, is launching at football clubs around the country later this month. Get fit for free and become fitter, happier and healthier with the help of your local club. Visit the SPFL Trust website for more information. Former Hearts defender Alan McManus has spoken about his brother who tragically died by suicide in 2005. In the film by FC United to prevent suicide, part of Scotland's national suicide prevention campaign, McManus and referee Eilidh Buchanan discussed their mental health journeys and the positive impact football has on them. FC United is Scotland's second team, with one goal, to help save lives become a supporter, visit United to Prevent suicide.org.uk. And finally, more than 30 Ukrainian refugees were welcomed to St Mirren's Smyza Stadium to take in their opening day fixture against Motherwell, along with staff, volunteers and patients from the Accord Hospice as the first recipients of the club's new Help a Buddy initiative, which allows supporters to buy a match ticket for those less fortunate. Now on the football, and Callum and I are joined by Kelty Hearts Assistant Manager, Dougie Hill, and Stranraer No. 2, Daryl Duffy. Round two matches take place on August 23rd and 24th. Kelty Hearts, they travelled to play Forfar for Athletic and Stranraer travelled to play FC Edinburgh. Um, Dougie, we'll start with you. Um, obviously, that'll be a tough match going away to away to four for a team that Kelty played against last season.
6: Yeah, we know them well. Um, they were good last year. You know, they gave us, I think they beat us up there and we drew with them. So, you know, we, we're under no illusion. It'll be a tough game um, and... I think they've kept the majority of their squad, so you know they'll be they'll be looking to push to get promoted. So you know we'd expect a really tough game up there.
2: Yeah, and and, and I suppose like for a, for an ambitious club like like yourselves, Diggy and Kelly, um, you know, this is a, com- a competition you will be looking at and think you know what we can maybe try and go you know quite deep into this and and have a bit of an impact.
6: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think most teams will think that um, you know it's you can get quite far in in the competition by winning a couple of. A couple of games, you know, you can get you can get really deep in it, and then you're, you're sometimes one win away for a semi final. So, you know, we our ambition is to go as long as we can in it. I suppose it's in a lot of the,
2: the, the this challenge with it, with a season like this is is juggling. You know that that league, which I'm, I'm sure is a big priority for you, and trying to keep that cup run going. And with the squad you've got, it's it's all about that that finding that balance, isn't
6: it? Yeah, it's, it's keeping everyone fit. You know that that's the main thing. Um, you know, we we want to have as good a cup run as possible, but we're, we're tight squad wise, so we really need to to manage the squad and just make sure everyone gets through the games. Um, but again, it's it's a good um, it's a good competition to get you know get guys game time they might not get and still you know look to progress deeper into the competition. Yeah, good for young players as well. I know that like, obviously the club is
2: is trying to grow a little bit and trying to um, you know create that that link where you you do have players coming through from the kind of local area and, and having that you know a few games against decent opposition uh, out with the league gives you a different focus and it, it can freshen things up as well
6: yeah I mean I mean care a community club so they do push uh, youth you know we've played that with, with, player, with- gave a couple of guys our debut already this season due to misfortune for us, but it's, you know, our misfortune is their opportunity. So, you know, that that may that may be the case in the cup as well.
1: If you progress further through the competition, there'll be the chance to to play against championship clubs who of course you'll be looking to to face off against in the league over the next couple of years, I'm sure. Yeah,
6: we want you we want to test ourselves against, you know, the best clubs we can play against in this competition, and that is the championship team. So you know, we're hoping to progress and, and get these teams and really see where we're going to be.
2: Yeah, just um, you know, but we're, we're, we're kind of delighted we've got this this great opportunity to have two guys on and, and yourself, Tegi, and, and Daryl that have you know a great history in this competition, having having won it before. I suppose Tegi, we'll start with you because you've not got to cast your mind back quite as far as Daryl does. Um, but going back to um, going back to 2015, you know, your memories of of winning this trophy with with Rafe Rovers against Rangers that day at Easter Road. I mean, that must live. Long in your memory, that that day a real special one for you.
6: No, it was it was it was, um, it, was a, it was a magical day to be honest. You know, it's it's not often you get Rangers that low down the leagues. You know, and, yeah. and you get a chance to play against them in a cup final, um, regardless of where they were as a club at the time. You know, they still packed the Easter Road. You know, the right fans came in their numbers as well, and it was it was a great atmosphere. Um, and it's 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 one of the best memories I've got in football.
1: And of course, you received the Man of the Match award that day as well delighted with yeah.
6: still living up for that
2: eh? <laughs> <laughs> but say, uh, I mean, I mean you saw you were at the, the final last season um, to see Wraith win it you see that you know at, at these early stages it's it comes early in the season and maybe the focus isn't quite on it it's not got that shine and, and the pizzazz of the new league campaign but when it gets to that final stage you know in that final and you, you go to the the stadium and and you see you know thousands of people there to watch you, it's it's a big carrot dangling in front of you. It's like what kinda of day out that could be for, for a club like Kelly if you were to
6: get to that kind of stage. A hundred percent. When you get when you start getting deeper into the competition, it, it starts becoming realistic that you could get to a final. You know, I've I, I got to the final with Dumbarton as well. Um that was probably I don't know, five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Never played in that game, but I was still part of it and it was still it's still great, you know. At this level, you rarely get to a cup final. You know, you're not. You're, the chances of getting to a Scottish Cup final, a League Cup finals, slim to none. So, this is the actual cup that you've got a proper chance of getting to get into a final and, and winning. So, I um, uh, that's that's what it is. When you when you go deeper into the competition, you know it. The reality sets in that you could play in a final, and, and that's when it does get exciting. Daryl, just from from your point of view, I mean, we're going to go back a wee bit now.
2: I think it was two thousand and four, and and you were just kind of fresh into this Falkirk team, and you know you go the whole way and, and managed to win. I don't know what the sponsor was at the time, but you managed to win. You know the Challenge Cup at the time. Um, you scored the winning goal in that game against Ross County at Mcdermott Park. I mean, what an experience that was for you at a young age, and I suppose your our team. I know you've got. Quite a few young guys involved, in, in, in that side, it's it's an opportunity for them to go and all right, you may not get to the final, but you can create great memories and give give yourself a good start to your your career in a competition like this.
5: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, I love I love this. It. You know, that time I look back fondly. My my career at Falkirk, you know, winning in the league. We won the league that year, won the the cup double. Um, you know, and it's it's memories you look back on fondly. Um, looks you know, like. You know, Dougie touched on there. Like you play kind of lower levels, um, even if you're playing Premier League in Scotland, unless you're playing with one of the top four You know, getting to Cup Finals and having an opportunity to win trophies is quite rare. Um, I've been fortunate. I've won a, a few in, in my career, and the, the Challenge Cup was um, the first trophy I ever won. Um, you know, and to, to score the winner on the final as well. You know, we went, we went a goal down. and um, you know that made it even sweeter as well coming back from 1-0 down to 1-2-1 um, yeah it's good times and fond memories
2: obviously you've got um, FC Edinburgh in the, in the first uh, well the second round actually sorry I should say um, on the yeah. 23rd or the 24th of August your first match in the competition this season um, how, do, how do you see that one going I mean they'll be stern opposition they had a, a good season last season to get themselves promoted into into League 1
5: yeah it's, it's going to be a really tough game for us Um you know, we wear our budget and squad size, and our squad's even thinner this year than than it was last year. Players seem to be disappearing down black holes this year. I don't know where all the where all the players have went. Um, but we've we've got a, a really young, really small squad, um, so it's going to be demanding for them. You know, especially with the way we like to play. You know, we like to play a, a high press and high tempo game. Um, and it's, it's a really tough opening opening fixture for us. They've signed well as well um, over over the the summer, and they've started the league campaign with a win. Um, so it's going to be a, a very tough fixture for us. But you know, we'll we'll go there and we'll we we'll try and win the game. You know, we do that we do that pretty much everywhere we go.
1: Yeah.
5: Um, you know, we try and just impose a kind of high pressure, high tempo game on the opposition and see what it takes us.
1: Yeah, it will be a, a tough game, but um, surely you see this uh, competition as an opportunity to progress further, um, and play against again championship clubs and League One clubs.
5: Yeah, that's that's the aim, is it? Is it's, you know take it kind of fixture by fixture for us, but it'd be daft for me to come around and go. Look, we want to get to semi final. We want to get to final. We want to win it. You know that's it's probably not realistic for you know a club like us with our, our size or budget. Um, you know, going against full time teams in the championship um and things like that. Um but, you know, we'll give it a real good go. We're not gonna we're not gonna lie down to anyone. We'll say we'll get in people's faces, we're getting team's faces and um, you know, for anyone to get past us in this competition we're gonna have to, you know, work hard and, and be on their game. Um I think that's that's all we can um, you know, expect from our players and can demand from our players. Um that if anybody does get through past us, that they find it very difficult to get through um, past us, um, and if we can do that, you know, we'll be we'll be pretty pleased.
2: Dad, I was just wondering. I mean, the, the, the kind of the ethos of this competition and the sponsor, the SBFL Trust, is is about community, and, and I know you you know you live in Largs, but but you're working with. Strenra um football club and it's it's quite an isolated part of Scotland down there, um in, in Strenra. Yeah. Um how important is it for, for the the community to, to kinda of rally around the football team and have that sense of identity when the players go out in the pitch and represent them in competitions like this and you know, win the league and, and have that kind of epicentre of, of the community and of the town?
5: That's absolutely huge. Um, particularly for clubs like us, you know, that are very isolated and um, you know, we don't have the biggest of crowds, but Already after one week game this year, we've noticed a difference. Um, you know, use like the way we want our teams to play. You know, it's quite high tempo, quite um, in your face, and um, you know that seems to have brought people out uh, a bit more to come and watch us. Um, and hopefully, that you know we, we got a good result on Saturday, and if you can keep, you know, the kind of entertaining football and add results and points to that as well then hopefully people keep coming out and it'll be good for it's good for the people of as well you know it gives them something to, to look forward to at the weekend and come out and enjoy and mm. you, know, you can do it as a, it's a family sport isn't it football you can, you know, you can come with your whole family you can come with three different generations they can all come and you know make a, a good day of it so yes yeah, it's, it's absolutely vital
1: yeah, it'll be great to see um, a lot more fans coming out this season. Um, just wondering, what, what do you want to, to provide them this season? What's the ambitions for, for the club? We
3: are quietly
5: confident. Um, if we can add one or two more players to our squad that we've got just now, then we are we are quietly confident that we'll be top three in the league this year. Um, if we if we have to run with the squad that we've got, we're still looking for the playoffs at least. Um you know, we've we've kinda of set those demands on on ourselves, on the players. Um, you know, it might look a bit unrealistic for people outside looking in, um, you know, let's say with, with our squad size or average age of our squad, um, our budget. But um, you know, we, we believe in our players, we trust our players, we trust in ourselves and our process and as long as everyone um, believes in it and we can see that already, the players are starting to, to believe in themselves a bit more. Then um, you know, sky's the limit really It's such an open league too this year mm. um, you know, There's no county Hearts, there's no Queen's Park um, So it's it's an extremely open league um, And there's probably one of six clubs, maybe seven That will that'll probably fancy themselves to go and win it it's gonna be an exciting league through this
2: year. Just on the, the point we were talking about earlier, um, with Daryl Duggy, we were we were talking about Kelty I'm sorry, Stranar being a, a you know a kind of hub for, for their community, I take it. Kelty hearts feel the same way about Kelty obviously it's quite a quite a small town in, in an area of the country where there's a lot of you know, bigger teams in terms of you know size and, and fan base, you know, Dunfermline, Rafe Rovers as you'll know very well. M- my colleague here Jake's a, a Dunfermline man as well, but you can't hold that against him but Yeah for my sins. For my sins. <laughs> But um, but how important is it for you to use, you know, the growing status of the club and, and, and to try and attract more fans and more young people to come and engage with the club, whether that's through joining the community or, or coming to watch the games? Uh, you know, how important is that as part of, you know, your role in the first team?
6: Yeah, I mean, I mean the club have been doing that anyway um, in the background for years. I mean, they've got our youth teams right up to, I think it's 21s. Um the community is always involved. The, the chairman always promotes youths. He, he lets youths in for nothing. Puts buses on for uh, away games for the youth. You know, the, the young guys and that, you know. Uh, the, the club want to promote more fans, you know. The more they do for the youth, um, hopefully when they're at an age of paying, they'll come and pay through the gate. And yeah. it, it's all about, you know, getting getting more people through the gate and that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, and
2: obviously it's, it's you know, the club is growing on the pitch as well. We had a terrific season last season We came up against... Darrells from our side as well, and um, you know this season it's a, it's another extra test, isn't it? Jumping into League One and, and hopefully it's it's a you know it's an exciting one. You've got games like you know playing Dunfermline and the big five derby. It's um, Jake's not too happy about that. I think he's a bit worried, but yep.
6: um, <laughs> but you know it's it's a great chance to test yourselves. League One's probably never been stronger than it is this season. You know it's probably the strongest League One I've ever seen. So um, same with League Two. You know League Two maybe got seven teams that fancy themselves to it. I think League One maybe have. Six or seven as well that'll fancy ourselves have a right go. You no, know, there is full time teams in it, but I, I don't think there's much between them. To be honest.
2: Brilliant, yeah. Good luck, guys, um, for the rest of the the season and the rest of the the competition. Thanks for thanks for joining us, and yeah, all the best. Cheers.
6: Yep. Thanks very much. Thank yeah. you.
1: Before we get into our predictions for round two, I'll give you a run through of the round one results. Broader Rangers two Aberdeen B 0 Albion Rovers two Celtic B three. Bonnery Rose 0, Livingston B0 with Livingston B1 and 3-1 on penalties Elgin City 1, Dundee United B0, Fraserburgh 0 St Johnson B2 Kilmarnock B3, Cowdenbeath 0 Motherwell B1 East Kilbride 2 St Mirren B0, East Stirlingshire 0 with East Stirlingshire winning 4-2 on penalties Aberdeen B1 Brecon City 1 with Brecon City winning 4-1 on penalties Spartans 0 Rangers B1 and Hearts B2, Bucky Thistle 3. Now, the moment we've all been waiting for, where are we with our very own prediction league? In the last episode, we predicted how many goals there would be in round 1. Callum said 41, and I said 32. The correct answer was 24, meaning I take the first one. So, looking ahead to the second round and the second round in the Football Powered Prediction League, um, we are going to predict how many matches will go beyond 90 minutes in this round. Callum how do you see it going?
2: Yeah, I mean we've spoken about some of the um, fixtures in, in, in this the section of the podcast. Um FC Edinburgh against Stranraer, Forfar against Kelty. Um, you know, it's getting to the stage of the competition where teams can see a route through. Later into the competition there's a lot more on the line. It's going to be tense. I think there's going to be a few more games um than you'd expect maybe from from the ones that we've got that would they would go the distance. I think maybe you're looking at about 3 games that are going to go beyond 90 minutes. Um, teams won't want to lose it's cup football um, you know there's, there's a lot of prestige and and, and you know kinda they want to get into this next stage they want to try and get a big tie because this is when you get into the next stage championship teams start coming into it it's going to be more interesting for me I think three and I just want to get one up here to be honest
1: well yeah I, I agree with you and I think it's going to be really edgy and teams will be wanting to progress to, to the next round of the competition to try and get a bigger tie that they may be won't get in the league this season. Some of them, so I'm gonna go for two. I think I'll stay stay near you, but two two is my number. Safe bet, Is a safe
2: bet, but I'm going for it. You're just trying to undercut me so that if like it's one or two, you're going to win. Cause it's never going to be four, is it? Four's too many.
1: Four's just too many. So <laughs> yeah, one or two.
2: Chancer, absolute chancer. Anyway, that's just about all we've got time for today. If you want to learn more about the SPFL Trust, check out their Facebook and Twitter or visit www.sbfltrust.org.uk forward slash trophy to learn more about the work they do and the SPFL Trust Trophy itself.
1: Following on from our discussion earlier in the show, if you are experiencing mental health problems or are concerned about someone, support is available. Visit samh.org.uk forward slash seeking dash support for more information.
2: And for more information about today's topics and participants, you can take a look at the episode notes.
1: Thank you to everyone for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.
0: This is the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast.